Welcome to the Davy Tree Expert Companies podcast, Talking Trees. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Each week, our expert arborists share advice on seasonal tree care, how to make your trees thrive, arborists' favorite trees, and much, much more. Tune in every Thursday to learn more, because here at the Talking Trees podcast, we know trees are the answer. Today, we're joined by Don Rapolo. He's the director of Arborist Training for the Davy Tree Expert Company based in Southeast Wisconsin. And we are going to talk all about training, Don. But why is this the job for you? You're in charge of training the trainers, right? Correct. I guess I fell in love with helping other people. It's, it's kind of part of my personality. I enjoy helping other people and started out doing field training and enjoyed um, having the opportunity to share what other people have shared with me and um, just kind of progress from there. This industry is an industry that's based on field training, and that's uh, how most people have come up through it. And I've had that fortunate opportunity to work with some really good people that have shared a lot of good information with me, and I feel uh, fortunate to be able to do that with others. Well, doing the podcast, I've interviewed countless arborists who have told me that same exact thing, where you know, they're starting on the ground, moving brush and such, and then working their way up into the trees. But of course, first learning to do it, watching and then being being trained. So talk a little bit, just a little bit about, it's pretty obvious, I think, the importance of training if you're going to be working with chainsaws, working in trees. You know, I don't think there's much more that could be more important than trained to do this job safely and the right way. Yeah, it's it's the the basis of it. You know, we're um, by the nature of what we do, we're climbing trees, working with sharp tools at at height. So there's a lot of inherent risk in what we do. So it's important to be able to understand, uh, identify, and mitigate as as much of that risk as we can. And at the base of that is training and understanding one how to identify the risk that's there, and then two from that what we can do to uh, manage and mitigate that risk. And just like getting in our vehicle on a daily basis, there's a lot of risk in driving a vehicle, but there's a lot of things that we do to identify and manage and mitigate that risk that we're exposed to. And, and training's at the heart of it, identifying that and learning what to do about it once you have identified it. So is there a manual that goes through all the different training or how does it work? How do, how do you teach it and how do you know who to teach and that sort of thing? Sure. So there's a, a program that's laid out from uh, when a person starts with us with no experience, you know, from wherever they may have come from in the past and progresses through their career. So it starts out with the, the basic stuff and, and builds through that career progression. So that's for us as trainers, what we use as, as our guidelines is our um, company career development program. So those steps are outlined from the first day of learning how to use the uh, personal protective equipment that we have, how to operate the equipment that we use, um, starting on the, on the basics of chainsaws and chippers and where to be on a job site and what to do on the job site to um, people that have been with us for, for several years and doing much more complicated tasks. So it walks through that progression and, and people know then um, what their next steps are, what they need to do, what they need to work on to get to that next step. And the trainer helps in those, um, those steps along the way. So as they work with a, a person on a crew, they can ask them, you know, where are you at within your career development progression? And 
let's see your book and let's see what you need to work on. And they can identify the things that make sense for them for their next steps in their progression in their career. And I have to assume that the training evolves. I don't know. How often does it evolve? I'm sure it has to, it has to change as, as equipment changes, as techniques change, right? Yep, absolutely. So there's always new training. There's always uh, that's related to advancements in techniques and in advancements in equipment. You think about the vehicles that we drew, uh, drove to work 20 years ago are very different than what we're driving today and, and what it takes to work on those and operate those. And it's the same thing for us. Technology keeps advancing which is great, but with that, we need to adjust because with every tool and technique that we have, there's advantages and limitations and understanding those advantages and limitations is key to um, having somebody being able to safely um, use those tools and techniques and be able to um, be proficient and, and safe with those. So constantly adjusting to those, and that's something that we do as, as new tools and techniques um, come on to the market or into the profession, we have a committee that that reviews those and is constantly updating our, our training policies and our, our um, what we approve to use so that we're using proper equipment and people that are, are trained to properly use that equipment. So we're not asking or allowing people to use things or, or whether that's equipment or techniques that they haven't uh, learned how to use or aren't uh, competent with. Tell me a little bit more about your job, about setting all this up, setting up the training, and a little bit about your day. Sure. So um, I started out with uh, a relatively small group um, back in uh, 2018. Um, there was the first trainer was hired in 2017, and in 2018 there was four more hired. So the, over the last several years, we've hired. Um, more and more trainers continuing to build the program out. So I started working with them at that point with the goal of um, helping people in the field on a daily basis. Um, so that was kind of the starting point of um, what I'm doing now. And with that, uh, working with each of those trainers, helping develop their skills so that they can uh, better work with people that they're uh, interacting with on a daily basis and help them improve from wherever it is that they're at in their career development. So as far as training goes, how did it end up that you were working like training for trees? Do you have a connection with trees or more of a connection with training or a connection with both? <laughs> um, over time, both. I, I kind of stumbled upon this career, to be honest. I, I didn't know that arboriculture or tree care was, was even a profession. And I stumbled upon it in college when I took a forestry class that um, introduced the idea of arboriculture and urban forestry and um, found myself that summer in a job where I learned how to climb trees. And I remember being up in a tree thinking to myself, I can't believe somebody's paying me to climb trees. I would do this for free. I used to do this as a kid and loved it. And now somebody's paying me to do it. It's amazing. So I started there with, um, with the climbing side of things. And then as I progressed in my career and um, people shared more with me, I started getting to the point where I had something to share with, with others and um, learn to enjoy that. And I tend to be a patient person, which is a, a really important part of training, being patient with people and, and meeting them where they're at, seeing where they're at. Um, so over time, I kind of developed both of those, the, 
the tree side of things, uh, the tree care side of things. I've always had an interest in the outdoors and um, trees were kind of a natural fit for me. And then the fit with helping people is a, a fit with my personality as well. So that's where the trees and the training kind of blended together based on my experiences in life. Do you have to be a certain type of person to be able to climb a tree? Are there, are there are certain people that should not be climbing a tree? And I'm talking about me. I can't stand heights. When I my Davy guys come here and I stand, you know, 100 yards away looking up there, I get the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, it, it's like anything. Yeah, there's, there's uh, all kinds of careers in, in the world and it's finding the right fit for you. It's it's an outdoor career, so you have to um, either enjoy the outdoors or at least be willing to, to deal with the outdoors because the trees are outside. So uh, when the weather is great, it's it's great. When the weather is cold or um, hot, you got to deal with that. So you have to. I would say one of the biggest things is just being somebody that's that enjoys the outdoors. Um, I wouldn't say that height is is necessarily a limitation. To be honest, I'm I would describe myself as afraid of heights. And that's what I figured I'd find out on my first internship when I was going to learn how to climb was, well, this is a short-term commitment. And if I don't like it, you know, a couple months, I'll be done with it. But what I learned was with the aid of equipment, I could safely be in an environment that humans really aren't designed to be in. It's kind of similar to, I look at it like scuba diving. Again, with the aid of equipment, we can safely be in an environment that we're not designed to be in. So fear of heights, um, is something that is, in my opinion, is good because it gives you a respect for what you're doing and makes you stop and double check what you're doing and do the right thing. So to me, the biggest uh, components are having a good attitude and, and somebody that enjoys being outside. Well, that being outside, you know, that note has been played probably in every interview I've done for the Talking Trees podcast is that love of the outdoors, but also with proper training, I, I talk to arborists all the time that they love to have that view from up there. Yes, they're up there to do a job, but there's also something about being up there. And, you know, when you're trained and you can do it safely, uh, that's a pretty amazing thing. I think when I hear those stories. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, ironically, just uh, last week, I got a picture that uh, one of the trainers texted to me saying that you know, we've got the greatest job. And it was a, a view. Uh, he works in the the San Francisco Bay Area. And it was a view looking out across the San Francisco Bay from a tree that he was in. And, you know, just an amazing view. And I oftentimes uh, find myself kind of thinking those same sort of things, being up in a tree and that uh, we're very fortunate that there's a very small portion of, of the population that has the opportunity to do what we do and to, to be up there safely and to, to be able to experience those things. And every now and then when you have a, a moment to kind of think about what you're doing, you appreciate that. And one of the other things I, I would take in is that we're climbing in and on a living organism. And you oftentimes kind of forget about that because trees aren't like animals where they move, you know, like from place to place, that is. Obviously, they move in the wind, but don't really make much noise. Uh, and you kind of forget that it's a living organism. But some of these things that we're climbing in and on, they're you know several hundred years old. And the things that they've seen over time, it's it's really kind of um, amazing having that opportunity to, um, to be up in them and have that as a career where we're, we're getting paid to do that. 
if you don't mind, talk a little bit about training for safety with chainsaws, uh, because I see consumers all the time that are, that aren't using the right safety gear uh, that you guys uh, are. It's essential to have. What are what are the essentials for using a chainsaw just for your regular guy? Sure, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's it's. A chainsaw is an amazingly um, useful tool, but it can also be very dangerous. Um, and you could say the same thing about a car, right? Uh, there's there's a lot of people that are injured and, and killed in, in cars every day, but um, how do we go about using it? And, and what are the um, safety measures that we use to, to do so? And with uh, chainsaw use, there's uh, what we refer to as personal protective equipment. So the equipment that we use to protect ourselves. So the very minimum, we wear um, leg protection that that has, um, it's not cut proof, but um, there's different types, and uh, but they all kind of work on a similar principle of jamming the, the saw up. So it uh, cuts into the material and, and stops the saw from turning within a split second, typically. So... Um, it's kind of a, another layer of defense, um, gloves, hard hats, hearing protection, some of those basic things. But ultimately, the, the biggest thing is that training and understanding what, what to do and, and how to do it. So we can have this equipment, but that equipment to me, I look at as a last line of defense. So if our behaviors have led us to a point where we're in a situation where we're exposed to a chainsaw coming in contact with our leg, that's where the the leg protection comes into play. But ideally, we're not getting to that spot. Just like I wear a seatbelt in my car, just in case I get into an uh, accident, it's there to help reduce the severity of, of the the accident or the injury that I might encounter. So starting out with that, that basis of understanding the personal protective equipment, but then how to use the saw. And there's certain parts of the saw that are more dangerous than others, depending on how we use them. So understanding where those are at, when to use them and how to properly use them, where unfortunately you could go out to a store, you know, this afternoon and, and pick up a chainsaw and not know any of that stuff, start using it and, and get yourself in a very bad spot. So the training is key to that, you know, with a little bit of training, you can understand some of those key components. And certainly as a training expert, as somebody who who deals with professionals all the time, teaching them how to do this the right way, just tell a regular person, do not climb a tree with a chainsaw, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, that both of those have enough inherent risk in in them with uh, just just being up in a tree, being at height and using a chainsaw, both are um, having a lot of inherent risk. And then not knowing anything about either one uh, is a really bad combination. And, you know, Don, I say this a lot as I watch my Davy team work through my property, really just how amazed I am at what they do. Uh, when you look up there, 30 feet up there, whether it's in a bucket or in the tree itself, and and making those cuts in a way where nothing is 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 – when they leave, it's, it looks the same as it did before they, they were there, except the tree's gone. That's pretty amazing, I think. Yeah, it, it takes a lot. And oftentimes, you know, we kind of forget about that. When when we do a good job, that that's kind of the the feeling that the client should have is 
not really knowing that we were there, whether uh, we remove the tree and we, we do a, a good job of cleanup or if we prune the tree properly, oftentimes, unless there's a ton of deadwood in the tree, it, it doesn't look significantly different. And, and typically that's a sign that we've done a good job. So the tree shouldn't have the top third of it removed all at once. Uh, typically, that's that's not what we want to do. And, and doing the right thing oftentimes is you walk away and it really doesn't look a whole lot different. It looks uh, if you've done the work and you've cleaned it up right. And that's all all part of the training is what to do safely and properly up in the tree. But then once you get down, what do you do with all the debris that you created and how do you manage that safely and, and get that taken care of? And Don, it's rather unique for a company to be so invested in training, right? Absolutely. Um, I feel very fortunate to to work at Davey and, and be in the position that I'm in to, to be able to work with a group of trainers across the U.S. working with people um, in our industry. It's there's there's not really a whole lot of other companies that do this, that have people that are dedicated to training on a daily basis. That's their full-time job, helping people uh, progress in their their careers and helping them have a safe, productive career. So it's, uh, again, I feel honored and, and um, really fortunate to have the, the opportunity to, to work in a role like that, where we've got people helping people on a daily basis. Well, Don, before I let you go, just talk a little bit about what you hope that the people that you're training to train, what do they get out of being trained properly? What do you want them to get out of that? To me, one of the biggest things is is uh, being able to treat people well and, and make a safe um, training atmosphere, you know, so an opportunity for people to feel comfortable connecting with them because if um, if we're not able to connect with somebody and not able to create a, uh, a safe atmosphere for training, it's difficult for people to um, to be able to learn and, and be trained. So to, that's one of the biggest things is to be able to uh, be patient and create that atmosphere where, where people want to learn and they're excited to learn and help them in their, their journey, whatever, wherever they're at in that journey of, if there's somebody that's new and just starting and getting them excited about the, doing the things the right way, um, is, is to me the, one of the biggest things that we can do, um, in training is getting people excited about doing the right thing. And that all goes into creating a, a fun and uh, safe training atmosphere. Well, I think that's got to be a great feeling to be in charge of something like training uh, and, and knowing that you're keeping, you know, uh, thousands of people safe. So thanks very much for your time today and for the information. I really learned a lot and I'm sure listeners are going to enjoy it too. Absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity. Tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast from the Davy Tree Expert Company. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss an episode Hey, do you have an idea for the show or some feedback? Send us an email at podcasts at davy.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at D-A-V-E-Y dot com. As always, we'd like to remind you on the Talking Trees podcast, trees are the answer. <laughs>